Salon Salon's The End of Time will be performed at the Sanctuary for Independent Media in November on the 19th. And this is an amazing and an immense experience. It centers the themes of trauma and healing in the combination of live classical music with visual and theatrical storytelling. Mari Lee is the co-founder and the artistic director of Salon Salon's. Hi, Andrea. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to talk with you. You're primarily a violinist. From there, it's sort of grown. Tell me a little bit about how you became a violinist. Do you come from a musical family? Actually, I'm the only musician in my family, but I think almost everyone in my family runs their own business. And so I always had this entrepreneurial spirit. I guess I'm not really surprised I'm doing something of my own and trying to pay my own path in this very traditional field. But I discovered music when I was around seven or eight. And I say discovered music because I was exposed to classical music from an early age because my mother is a classical music lover. And she used to play CDs and recordings at home quite often. Just a little bit about my background. I'm a third generation Korean born and raised in Japan. And I feel like this is a community that emerged out of the consequences of Second World War, from the Japanese occupation to the Korean War. It's a community that lost its voice and identity to fear and violence of World War II. And I grew up with this sense of like loss and lack of identity and like lack of belonging and, and sense of self. I didn't have a sense of belonging that attached me to a specific place, land, or a community of people with an identity. And music was something that filled that void for me. And it was an important way of connecting with people that was free of discrimination. And it was really through music, and specifically through abstract, timeless music like classical music, where I found the depth and complexity of emotion that I was experiencing already as a young child. Now that I think back to it, it's quite amazing that an eight-year-old Asian girl could connect to this incredible music that was written like, you know, in the 17th century or so in Europe, a, a white man with a wig. And somehow I connected so deeply with that music. And so it wasn't about who wrote the music or what it represented, but just the way it was speaking to me in that moment was very real and it was more alive and meaningful and real than anything else I'd experienced. And so that is what led me to discover music and its beauty and how it can be a universal language that transcends all these things that get in the way of people. <laughs> it was always my feeling that classical music has universal speech the power of, of classical music is, and it's called classical. And I think that's kind of unfair because as you say, it can be abstract. How does this music reach it particularly? So as you just made the connection, like this music is very personal to me because of the historical connection I have with it. This piece was written inside the prisoner war camp in 1941 and premiered there, which is incredible. You know, when you hear the title of this piece, The End of Time, Quartet for the End of Time, it is kind of confusing. And this is what I experience when I rehearse with other musicians. 
And you know, this is outside of Salon Saint as I performed this piece many, many times. And it's hard to locate where to place yourself emotionally, because what exactly does the end of time mean? And I think the easiest thing to associate it with is like this picture of Nazi Germany and concentration camp, black and white images to starving people and all of that, like the end of the world, you know? But actually, it's almost the opposite of that. The, the message of the music is like, how do we come out of that sense of despair and darkness in the world? What is it that becomes a motivation to have some kind of purpose and a reason to continue living? To me, it's very relevant because I think all of us in the last two years, I feel like, you know, you can experience this darkness and void at different points in life. And it's sometimes really hard to find that light. You know, for me personally, like the last two years, you know, during pandemic, yes, it was very, very difficult, especially as an artist, just to lose all of your opportunities and all your future plans in just a few days. And that sense of uncertainty of when is this going to end? Are we ever going to come out of it? Was the hardest thing to cope with. But at the same time, it was a time for me to really appreciate my life and discovering gratitude for the things I have and reassessing what it is that I want in life, what it is that I value in life. And it was actually through people around me that gave me support during the, that hard time that gave me that light. So maybe it really shouldn't be called the end of time. It should be called the new beginning or, <laughs> uh, you know, the dawn of time. Because I think it's misleading in aspect. It's not like a very depressing piece. It's a very emotional piece. There is definitely some darkness and confusion and chaos in the music itself, as well as this notion of ending time, which really means like eternity. What lies beyond time? But I think in order to access and appreciate that light that we have in life, we also need to understand and experience darkness. I don't know about you, but if you really think about the moments of joy and light and true happiness in life versus all the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are only so many moments in your life that you really feel that, right? That light and like, oh, I've been saved. And so I think this music really represents that, that journey. Your production, The End of Time, it's channeling the spirits of four prisoners who start a new beginning, but you use it to create theater and music and spiritualness. How did all of that come about? I would say that it's, it is part of the life of an artist, performing artist. When I play music from the past, that's what I do, right? I, play, I specialize in classical music, and a lot of the music I play are written by people who are dead. And when I do that, I am in communication with the dead through their works. And I bring it to life through my craft. And I approach that as an act of channeling because in my training, I've been taught that a good musician or a good artist is somebody who serves the intention of its author it's or the composer. And it's not about yourself. It's not about the performer. Like when we're on stage, it shouldn't be that spotlight is just on us. No, it's actually about delivering the message of the music, what it's trying to tell us. What is its message? What was this composer trying to tell us? And how do we 
as living artists interpret that. And that journey involves trying to get in the minds of these people, geniuses, not only through music, but also through their writing sometimes, and a lot of the times, had important things to say, not just about their own lives, but the lives of others around them, the time they lived in, about the world, how they experienced the world. And I think their works, you know, because it is abstract, of course, you can interpret it in so many different ways, and that's the beauty of it. But it encompasses all of these things. Yes, I feel like when I'm truly in touch with the intention of the composer and the core message, the core emotional message of the music, I become whatever it is that that person was writing. You use a medium that sort of facilitates the channeling of, of your spirits. Yeah, I think as a performer, an interpreter, I am the medium between modern audiences and whoever wrote it. This production that you've devised, you've worked with director and set design and lighting people. You, you've worked with a, a number of people that have contributed to this production. Is this still evolving? This experience that I have when I'm interpreting music is so personal. And I think actors do the same thing. They become the character. The characters kind of enter their bodies and they become that character. And that process is very similar to what we do as, as classical musicians. And directors have the role of trying to get the performers to that state. So I feel like this idea of seance and channeling actually is something that ties everything together. But how we then visualize that, how that manifests in space, and how people then in the audience experience that. So it is in constant evolution. I want to embrace that experimentation involving the audiences, trying to make something out of that together in that moment. And everybody will take different things from it. But my hope is that people will somehow have a moment of connection with themselves and with the messages that we're delivering through the spirits and with one another in the space. This has been Andrea Kamler for the Hatsum Mohawk magazine, speaking with Marie Lee of Salon Seance.